You are now listening to Deep Dives with Father Sean O'Brien, the Super Catholic Catechesis Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome again to another Deep Dives with Father Sean, the Super Catholic Catechesis Podcast. This is inspired by the Catechism's reminder that times of renewal in the Church are also intense moments of catechesis. That's what we got going here today. Thanks for joining me once more. I love doing these. Um, I'm always fascinated by who also loves that I do these. Uh, I've got one guy. He used to be a, a Protestant pastor. I want to give a shout out to David there. Um, he's been like binging on me the last you know few weeks, and uh, that's just kind of crazy, amazing. I love it. Um, it's a good faithful man here here at our church in Poto. Um, shout out to all y'all as other. You know why? Every time I go up to Tulsa, there's a there's someone who says, hey, I listen to your podcast. I'm appreciating it so much. And so just want to reach out and say howdy to y'all who have said howdy to me. Thank you very much, Father, that you've said. And I want to say thank you. Thanks for being a great listener. I'm always amazed at how many people are, are listening, how many people download. I think, you know, I'm kind of getting 150 downloads per week. And I know there's a lot more people who don't download it to, to listen. So Shout out to all y'all. Y'all are super good. Y'all keep me motivated. If it was kind of like two or three people, it would be worthwhile. I don't know if it'd be worthwhile for me to do it for much more time, though. <laughs> so, but y'all are keeping this very worthwhile. And, you know, I love you. I, I love you very much. So we're here in this this series on the simple teachings of the revealed God. Uh, I love, love, love this stuff here because it's just so simple. You know, sometimes I do take a deep dive and it gets complicated and and, you know, I take little deep, deeper dives in this series here, but I'm really able to kind of come back and say, hey, look, this is really what you got to know. Here's some cool things to kind of hit on this topic in different ways, but this is really what you got to know. So for the example, the first time we talked about God revealing himself, it's God who's taken the initiative. The fullness of that revelation is in Jesus Christ. It's kind of a step by step revelation to get to him. And we receive, you know, this is, this is it. He is the initiative. That means he speaks, we listen. He gives, we receive. That's the first one. The second one was God's two primary attributes, characteristics. The first is his otherness, his beyondness. And we respond with, with that respect, that reverential attitude of, yeah, he's my father and I will honor him. And it might have to be a, a stepping stone to get there. We might have to say, okay, I, I am worried that he's going to punish me for my sins because I do have sins. And I know he's good and he's just and he's going to be good and just with me, which means I'm going to have to suffer some punishment. So that's a piece of that as well. Uh, the other factor was was his love, his goodness. And what is goodness other than just lovability? So as we reflect more on his goodness, on his love for us, it should draw us to love him more. It really should. You, you can't look on the cross for too long and see how much Almighty God loves us with and maintain neutrality. You know, it's like, no, you know, if you stare at the cross long enough, you're going to be like, dang, that's just crazy, that kind of love. So anyways, that's a little bit of a review. Today we're talking about creation and what we can learn from God through this creation that he has chosen to, to set forth so very good. Let's pray. Follow our Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we thank you for our minds. Thank you for this intelligence that we can use to get to know you better, To and getting to know you more, that we can love you more. Help us to be open of heart and mind, that we may receive the gift that you want to give us, that, you, that, that we may 
hear the word that you speak to us today and may respond with generous hearts, with great hearts of generosity. Come, Lord Jesus, and dear Mary, pray for us. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen, amen, amen. Excellent, excellent, excellent. So like I mentioned today, we're talking about creation. We're not talking about creation in and of itself. We're talking about creation to get to God. You know, who is God? You know, I want to start with an image here. Because as we look at the created world, we should get to know something about God. You might say, well, that doesn't make sense. You know, I look at a tree and it doesn't, you know, the tree's got to go through a, a long process to become a book where I can learn about God. But I'm saying no. You know, you can learn something about God by looking at a tree, by looking at a rock, by looking at the sky. And this is this is our experience too, isn't it? The things that we create have something of our likeness. And this is very clear when we think about parents creating a child, co-creating a child with God. So I think about myself. I'm like my dad. I got short legs, a longer torso than average. I'm not a very detailed person. <laughs> it depends on the details, right? Um, and sometimes my sense of humor can be like his for better or for worse. <laughs> but I'm also like my mom. You know, my mom is... is um, sure, her face can be very expressive and I have some of her various other personality traits and I'm like them both. Both are very laid back and I'm a pretty laid back dude as well. And I have to recognize this. This is good for me to know. It's good for me to know myself and know where I came from. And I want to encourage you to go through this same exercise. Who are you? What are some of your characteristics? What are some of your habits? What are your, some of your, what's your temperament? Who are you? How does that reflect your mom? How does that reflect your dad? Maybe you didn't have a mom. Maybe you didn't have a dad that you knew. And how does that mean for you? Um, maybe your marriage reflects your parents' marriage for better, for worse. I don't know, but it's important to know. <laughs> so, you know, this idea is the things we create have something of our likeness. The things we create have something of our likeness. If you were a super genius and you could create a computer, that'd be super amazing. And it would have something of your likeness to it. It would have... A reflection of your intelligence. It would have a reflection of your creativity. The way that a person would use the computer, it's how it's kind of programmed, would reflect your temperament and your desires and what you're hoping for. So that's another example. The things we create have something of our likeness. And obviously, this is how it is with God. This is how it is with God. And so I'm going to ask that you believe that. The things of this created world have something of the likeness to God. So if we create, the things that we create bear our likeness, the things that God creates bear his likeness. Now, it's not automatic to see that. We, we have to be looking for it. It doesn't happen automatically. And so we have to explore creation, looking to see God, looking to know God, looking to, to experience God in this. And, and it's not always so hard. Sometimes it is hard. But, you know, if you go to Yellowstone or to the Grand Tetons there in Wyoming, or if you're in Yosemite, you know, you'll see those mountains and it'll take your breath away. It's like, holy smokes. Wow, that's grand. That's that's so beautiful. And it's just so much above me. It's way, way stinking up there. It's They got snow on those mountains and down here it's warm. And that highlights that God is grand. God is big. God is beyond us. He's, he's above us. Or if we see... The beauty of a sunset, the beauty of a sunset. It's just like, wow, man, look at that. 
or if we look at a lighthouse there on the the edge of the the sea you know it's beautiful it's it can be beautiful it's not always beautiful but it can be beautiful or a beautiful garden you know some of these gardens that people put together are just lovely beautiful 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 and these are all manifestations of god's beauty his goodness his love for us and giving us these gifts uh, this is this is what if we have this attitude when we look out into the world this is calling this is called a sacramental worldview. It's kind of like x-ray vision. We can see through the created world to see the creator. We can see through the physical stuff to get at the creator. It's x-ray vision. It's putting on God-colored goggles, if you will. You know, we put on, you know, if you had sunglasses that were rose-tinted, you're going to see everything through this rose light. Everything's going to look a little bit pinkish. Same thing that we need to do as Christians, because it's the truth of it. God makes things, and the things he makes are like him. Therefore, we put on that attitude, that belief and we're able to look out beyond us and say, I can see beyond my trees in my front yard. I can see beyond the the bears or the deer or the rabbits. I can look beyond that. I see these things. I don't, I don't ignore them. I, I see them, but I also see through them. That's probably like Superman was, right? You know, he he saw the buildings there, but he also saw through the buildings. He saw through the buildings to see who made the buildings, uh, who were working there in that architectural office there, something like that. We get this from scripture. The heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament, which is the sky, proclaims his handiwork. This is the psalmist King David saying, hey, look, you know, at nighttime, I look up there in the stars and I'm just like, Dang, it's just beautiful. It takes my breath away. There's something beyond us here. And those are just some big old balls of fire burning way up there. You know, King David might not be able to put that into words, but but he knew there was something just beyond, way stinking up there. And it was beautiful. And that brought him to an experience of awe and wonder, which is then really intrinsically connected with God, the one who is uh, worthy of all and worthy of of all amazement so i get again this idea of the things we create have something of our likeness god creates and therefore all created things bear his likeness and this is called a sacramental worldview, like putting on god colored glasses all right so it's kind of cool the last th- and, and this is probably why Jesus taught him parables so much, because everything is is available to him to point upward, to point upward. Uh, everything, and he, and he looks out of the created world. He looks out, out of the human world also, and he says, hey, look, some of these elements I want to highlight, they point to something deeper, something more true than what is seen at the surface level. St. Paul says, first chapter of Romans, for what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them for his invisible attributes, namely his divine power and divine nature have been perceived ever since the creation in, oh, I can't read my writing there. And that which has been made, that which was, which has been made. So St. Paul is saying people have always been able to come to God. You see something that's got to come from somewhere. You see everything and everything has to come from somewhere. And you can come to the conclusion that there is God there. So it's in the scripture. It's the sacramental worldview, the seeing of the stuff and seeing beyond it to the 
to the stuffer, <laughs> seeing the creation and seeing, seeing the creator through it. So that's kind of a little introduction to the theme here. Now we're going to be looking more at the scriptural account of creation to find out who God is, to find out who God is. Um, you know, we could look at the creation accounts and, and come to other conclusions about other realities. You know, this was not written as a scientific textbook. Some people believe that it was intended to be written as a scientific textbook. We don't believe that. I don't believe that. Yeah, I guess it's, I don't think the church has ever like totally condemned that. But I think those people don't make sense anymore. I think they just don't make sense anymore. And I think that is incorrect and wrong. Not because the church has condemned it, just because it just doesn't seem to make sense. The beginning of scripture, the creation accounts are not scientific textbooks. They are written with the purpose to show us something about God and what God wants to communicate, whatever that might be. So the first thing I want to highlight is God is more than the creator. Yeah, we know that God is the creator, but he's more than that. It's kind of like a veteran. You know, a, a th someone who went to war was not always a veteran. When they were 13 years old, was that kid a veteran? No. When he, you know, <laughs> bought his first car, was he a veteran? No. When he went to war and came back, was he a veteran? Yes. So there is a certain event that changes the identity of a human being. You know, was I was a priest? No. Was I a priest when I was 13, 16, 25? No, I was not. When I was a priest when I was 30? Yes, because I'd been ordained. There was an event that changed my identity. God doesn't change, but the world, <laughs> it's, it's this relationality that has changed. God does not change, but now there's something that is in relationship with him. And, and so there's this external reality to God that, that has changed. And so that we recognize him in a different way than what we would have recognized him before. Before creation, God was there? Yes or no? Yeah, absolutely. God was there. Father, Son, Holy Spirit from all eternity. He's outside of time. And in just a free gift of love, he chose to create. It was a freely chosen project. The motivation was love. He is nothing else. He's grand. He's other. He's outside of history. He's eternal. But... We, we trust that what he was doing in this act of creation was good. <laughs> we, we do. His designs, his plan is inscrutable. So he is not just the creator. He is the God before creation. He continues being that God. God does not change. God is more than the creator. The second thing I want to highlight is God is rational. God is rational. There's a cool element here in the order of creation. So I want to talk about the first things that first four things he created and then the first the second set of four things he created. All right, so this is just neat. So the first four elements match up with the second four elements. So I'm going to run through these really quick here so you can kind of have a sense of the order then I'm going to parallel them. So almost in your mind have two columns. On the first column, think about these first four things he created. First off, there's light and darkness. Second, there's water above and water below. The second, this kind of him kind of separating the, the sky up there from, from the earth filled, filled with water. The third is the division of land and water. And the fourth is vegetation. So that's one column there. And I'll, I'll highlight that here in a minute. The fourth, the second column is... It begins with the sun, moon, and stars. The second element in that second column is the sky and the water animals. And then the next thing is land animals. And then the next thing is 
human beings. So we see a an order with this. So as you go down the columns, what's at the top is the light and the darkness, which matches with the sun, the moon, and the stars, you know, which give light in the darkness. So God created the space, and now he's filling it. The second thing, separating kind of the sky from the earth. And this is the earth being filled with water at this point. So this is matching with the next bit of what God created. He creates the sky animals and the water animals. So he he had previously pre- prepared the space. Now he fills it. The third parallel is with the separation of land and water. And then with that separation, he fills that. He already filled it with the water with water animals. But now as he gives land, he fills it with land animals. And then finally, as God created the vegetation, well, Human beings enter into that vegetation and use that as their food. I had a Pentateuch professor, an Old Testament professor, and he was absolutely convinced that Adam and Eve would not have dared to eat an animal. There in the Garden of Eden, they were vegetarians. And I kind of respect that idea. It's just hard to imagine them catching a rabbit and taking a knife to it. It's like, oh my gosh, you know. <laughs> in a circumstance where all the trees and bushes and plants freely give of their fruit, you know, there just wouldn't be the need to to take, to enter, to bring violence, introduce violence into the Garden of Eden there. So this is an order. This is a completion. And I'm going to highlight that God creates in a rational way. Creation has a reasoned order to it. And therefore, we can make the conclusion that God is rational. Okay? God is rational. We see this in other ways. As God creates, he uses the phrase, God said... 10 times. It's kind of like there's 10 phrases. There's 10 words that God uses to create. And that parallel is pretty cool with what we call the Decalogue. The Deca, the word Deca means 10, and Log comes from the word Logos, so it's word. It's the 10 words. The Decalogue is the 10 commandments. You must follow the Decalogue. You must follow the 10 commandments. So we have these 10 words of physical distinction kind of matching up with the 10 words of ethical distinction. And I feel like that's just really a part of the created reality, that God created the re- world in this way, and to highlight that there's a, an ordered reality, there's a rational purpose in how we see the world. Jeremiah, uh, chapter 10, verse 12, he says, it is he who made the earth by his power, who established the world by his wisdom and by his understanding stretched out the heavens. So God's creating, but he does so with wisdom and understanding. Those are kind of words that are highlighting the rational dimension of, of God doing this. To be wise is to have is a particular element of being rational. When rational stuff, when a rational being goes, thinks correctly, it's wisdom. It's understanding, and that's how God created the world. So some people will say that God is haphazard, he's random, and therefore he's cruel. But but we, people of faith, we disagree with that. God has a reasonable plan. He created the world with reason. It's beyond our reason. It's it's beyond us. You know, I can't give an explanation for everything. But I believe God can. He did it with wisdom. We know that there is randomness and and uh the randomness of violence in the world, and that's evil. And that's introduced because of sin, humans' willfulness against God. But that's not part of God's original plan. God is rational. He created the world with an order, and that reflects 
back to who God is. God is rational. Thirdly, God is good. God saw all that he made and said, yeah, that's good. On the sixth day, he created human beings and he said, that's very good. So that's awesome. The higher the creation, the greater the good. You know, the birds, the trees, the animals, the sky, the stars, all these were were good. But human beings, when they came on the scene, we hear that it was very good. It was very good. So the higher the creation, the greater the good. And we can just think how that reflects on the highest of, not creation, but the highest of beings, which is God, who must be the most good. God is pure desirability, pure goodness, pure goodness. So we've talked about God being, he's more than the creator. God is rational. God is good. And now we're going to talk about God as intimate. He created Adam. And I think in the previous episode, I mentioned how he did so. He formed clay from the earth, made it into the shape of a human, and he came down and breathed into his nostrils. That's just intimate, you know? That's just intimate. And then he spoke with him. He lived with him. He walked with him and Eve in the garden. There's God has a particular intimate care. He's personal. He's personal. He cares for the little things that we are involved with. He's concerned for the details. Uh, Jesus says, consider the lilies of the field. You know, they don't know what they're doing, but do they have enough? Yeah. Continue, consider the sparrows, the little birdies out there. You know, they're, they don't know how to store up food, but do they starve? No. No, they always have enough food. So this is cool. This is really cool. That God is intimate. He cares for the details. The fifth part, the last part that I'm going to talk about, is God is community. How about that? God is relationship. We hear, and I can talk about this in different ways, that everything is in relationship with everything else, and that reflects God who is in relationship with himself, is relationship. But there's a special moment when God said, let us create man in our image after our likeness. That's cool. He says, we, we're going to do this. Who's this we? You know, the Jewish people who are writing this, they were inspired by God, but they didn't understand this. Us, us, let us create man in our image, our image, our likeness. It's just a pure gift of inspiration. How cool is that? That there was already a glimpse that God is community. There is, he's not just a single being. He is a single being, but not just a single being. He's community within the single being, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Super cool. So through this statement here, we get a sense that God is community. There's another phrase from the creation that is also key. God said, after creating Adam and not yet Eve, it's not good for man to be alone. It's not good for man to be alone. So first off, we learned that, yeah, man's got to be with someone. You know, if we're by ourselves, that's just, it's just not going to cut it. That's not God's plan. It's not good. God did not call man to be by itself. It's not part of our being. If I was to go off there and just be by myself, you know, that's against my nature. That's against my essence. That's against who I am as a human being. I got to be with other people. I am made from community. I have a father and mother, and I am made for community. In a very simple way, it's to have a spouse, but even beyond that, to have 
a family, and even beyond that, to be a family with other families. You know, this is how it goes. You know, I'm a celibate man. I don't have a spouse. How's that work for me? Well, I need to be with other people in one way or another. I have a need to serve. I have a need to give of myself. I have a need to to, to love and to be loved. If you want to just put it very simply, I have a need to love and be loved. And that reflects who God is. You know, we don't use the word need in the same way. He doesn't need love. He doesn't need to love, but he is love. God is community. He's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And that's an eternal community of love. Very good. So we conclude with the greatest revelation of the Trinity that we even see there at the beginning of the gospel, uh, the beginning of the Bible in Trinity, in the, oof, we, that we even see at the beginning of the Bible in Genesis. Super cool. So the first thing that we talked about, just in a little review here, is that the things we create have something of our likeness. If God creates Whatever he creates has something of his likeness. That's the sacramental worldview. We see everything in the world through God-colored glasses. Uh, we, we can look through the different things and be lifted up to, to learn about God. Then we learned that God is more than cre- the creator. He was around before the creation came about, and, he was, and nothing changed when creation happened. He is more than the creator. Second, God is rational. God is rational. He makes things that make sense, and therefore he has sense. He has the most sense. He is pure reason. Um, But he's also, the third thing is God is good. God is good. Uh, He created everything that was good. And the only thing that is not good, that is evil, is, is the absence of being, the absence of good. He created all good, and he did so because he is all good. Fourth, God is intimate. God is personal. He he chose Adam. He walked with Adam. He talked with Adam. He talks with us. He cares for us. He's in the details. God is intimate and personal. Number five, God is community. God is relationship. God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the eternal community of love. So we learn all this from, from creation. This is another episode of the simple teachings of the revealed God, the God who is good, the God who is love, the God who is well beyond us, but the God who doesn't mind coming down to our level and condescending to to shower us with his great love he's so good so again thanks for joining me again today peace be with you all look forward to seeing you hopefully in person that's always the best may almighty god bless you the father son and the holy spirit amen hallelujah bye to find out more about this podcast you can find it online on your favorite streaming platform now